really don't think that's the way it's supposed to work, but amen. Hallelujah. I'm not stalling. I'm just waiting where to launch. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that this preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Amen. Father, may you be glorified. Yes, even right now, he says, let me touch. Let me touch that area that you have protected for so many years. And you says, no, Lord, not yet. I, I'm not ready for you to touch that yet. I'm not ready for you to heal that yet. I'm not, because if I let you heal it, Lord God, then I got to go through all the pain and suffering. He says, but I'm able to heal you and deliver you in a moment's eye. All you have to do is say, Lord, here I am. I surrender all. When you make the decision to let him touch what for so many years has been untouchable, you will no longer compromise. See, you compromise. He says you compromise because you're afraid that if somebody saw the real you, they would accept you. See, for a lot of people, that mask this year and over the last few years, when you've been wearing that mask, it covered a lot. It covered on, on the outside. But see, for many of you, many years you wore a mask. And people have never saw the real you. God says, will you make the exchange with me today? Are you willing to go all the way with God and make the exchange with him today? And you say, but you don't know my situation. You don't know my situation. You don't know what God delivered me from. I was not always this guy. If you would have known me before, you would have never thought I would be doing this. I went to church every Sunday. My father was a pastor. I went to church, but there was very little church in me. By the time I graduated high school, when I hit, when I was 18, well, 17, I was in the Marine Corps. That's what he keeps telling. I don't want to tell nobody because then you're in the Marine Corps. People be like, Joe, but he kill you. But <laughs> I left church. I knew two scriptures. I went to church most of my life. I, I was at Sunday. I participated in the Sunday school. I was on the student council. I was in the church. I was the president of the church a youth choir. I sung with the men's choir. I said my parents gave me a drug problem because they drugged me to every church service they can take me to. But even after all that time in the church, there was still very little church in me. I even got baptized and accepted Jesus at the age of 13. And from the time of 18 until the time I entered into ministry, I, I didn't know as much then at the age I got into ministry as I did when I was 13, even though I had been around church my whole little life. And then God told me something. He says, you know, you can ride a church pew to hell. Mm. I said, what? That was my first sermon. Where do you stand? He says, you can ride a church pew to hell. You can show up every Sunday dressed to the nines, looking like a Rolls Royce on the outside. But on the inside, you are like a broken down bicycle. He says, it's not what people see on the outside. He says, because I don't look on the outside. I look on the inside. So you can say, hallelujah, 
and sing and all that. No, they just, ooh, ooh, that sounds good. But to God, he's looking at your heart. He's always looking at your heart. And he knows what's really going on. So you can't, you can't fool God. He says, but today I want to make an exchange. See, see, for me, I, I, I dealt with issues about being approved. I had to be approved. So, because my dad, my biological father wasn't what, what part of my life. Heck, I didn't even know him and my mom was ever married until I was like 17. But, and I found out by accident because I was meddling some stuff I wasn't supposed to be looking at. But I didn't know. The last time I seen him when I was 10. So from 10 to 17, no, 10 to 14, I had total anger and resentment and bitterness towards him. What I didn't know was that hate and anger and bitterness was eating me alive. So when I was 12 years old, my favorite uncle of all times got shot and killed by her, his sister's boyfriend over something that he had nothing to do with. He shot him. He killed him. My young brother and I went to the skate ring. We was going to roller skate in the States. That's what you used to do you know, on Saturday nights. So we go. We come back. My brother's running towards that. Because we knew he had already got shot, but he was on his way to the hospital. My brother runs to the house. He's my younger brother. He runs to the house, but then he runs back towards me, and he's crying. And he says, he says, Larry is dead. I said, what? He says, Larry is dead. Now, mind you, my father wasn't there, so I already had anger issues. And then he told me that Larry was dead, so what happened? I made the decision at 12 years old. I will never let people get close to me. You, I will always determine how close you got. The moment a female, if I start dating you, the moment you say that L word, y'all know that L word? <laughs> Baby, I love you. Oh, 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 you back up, back up. I had to do something to get you off me. Because if I didn't, you can get close enough, you could hurt me. I needed love, but I was broken. And God says there's people here this morning who are broken. He said, but you won't leave out that way. Do I have y'all attention? Yes, sir. Y'all interested? Yes, sir. Now, I know y'all going to get something this morning. I'm going to put all the little business out there. Ain't no glory to God. But I'm going to tell you what happened. I had just came back from this awesome time at youth camp. I used to be a youth pastor. This awesome time, the greatest move of God I ever had at a youth service. I mean, it was so powerful. They still talk about it. It was like seven years ago. It was powerful. But while I was there... I had hell and destruction going on back in my house, but I didn't know it yet until I got back. And when I got back, a situation had happened I would have never in life expected to happen. And I'm mad. You know, when you angry, when somebody do something against you, they, they betray you and betray your trust and do something against you, you go through a situation like death. You're mad, you're angry, you want to get back, they want to pay. You're thinking of all the ways you can kill them legally and still pray John, 1 John 1, 9. <laughs> Any of y'all been there? Come on, don't be acting all super spiritual. Oh, y'all been there some point time. Somebody's done something against you, and you're like, Lord, and you, mm, I, Lord, your word says, if I confess my sin unto you, you faithful and just to 
forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. That includes murder, Lord. I can have a great prison ministry for you right now, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm mad. Now, mind you, I just came off the greatest side of adversary attacks. The greatest move of God I ever had. And then this happens. And I get home. And I see everything is going on. And I am hot. I mean, I'm so hot, you, oh, you could cook a steak on me. I was so hot. You know what God says? He's seen my situation. You know what he says? Forgive them. The devil is alive. Forgive? I forgive after I... I can't tell you all the stuff I said. Because we in church. I didn't swear. I don't know no good cuss words. So I mean. But I was so mad. And this is what he said. Son, it's time. What? It's time for what? Me to start the prison ministry? What you talking about? Because I'm going to find them, Lord. And this is... See, my military mindset and Tyrone, Tyrone's my, my alter ego, Tyrone's that before Jesus mindset, had thought about all the ways I was going to torture them before they died. It was going to be slow, slow, slow. So, 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 I mean, slow. I mean, I can't tell y'all because y'all might not. Uh, yeah. He says, my son, it's time. And I'd like to tell you he did it overnight. It, it was not overnight. Night. The process started when I made the decision to let him touch it. Yeah. But it didn't start overnight. It was, I'm going to tell you what he used. The, if you ever seen the movie Fireproof, they had this book called The 40 Day Love Dare. And The 40 Day Love Dare is for like husbands and wives. If y'all got drama going on in your marriage and everything, then you do this 40 Day Love Dare and just teach you how to, you know, how to love one another. But what it also does is teaches you about the love of God. The first 20 days, I'll be honest with y'all, I was just going through the motion. None of y'all ever do that when y'all pray. You don't just go through the motion, Lord, I know you mean it. See, you say, Lord, I want you to fix this problem, but you already got plan B just in case God don't do what he said he's going to do. None of y'all, right? None of y'all. I had plan B and C and D. C and D probably wouldn't have been the best options. But when I started on this journey, I met with God every morning. He was there in the morning. He went with me to work. He was waiting at home with me when I got home. And I had, like I seen your notebook, it reminded me because I had a notebook just like that. And every day what I had to do, I had to write a letter to this individual of the issue I had. Not what they had. The issue I had. You know what happened by the end of that 40 days? All that toxin that was in me was now out of me. And you know what else I learned? I learned how much God loved me. And when I learned how much God loved me, it didn't make no difference if you love me, you love me. I told my wife, I said, you know what? I love you. I know you love me. But if you stop loving me today, God loves me. And that's enough for me. See, when you realize how much God loves you, it don't matter who else does it. Now, don't get you. I mean, you know. 
She ain't going nowhere. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, you know, we was talking about this the other day. If you understand all the H-E double hockey stick we went to get to this point, that man, Lee, shoot. <laughs> if you want to trade, I always say to her jokingly, if you want to trade in this filet mignon and go out there and get you, no, I say filet mignon in the Queen's ball under special guard by the Queen's guard to go out there and get some other spam, baby, go ahead. You will be back. <laughs> you will be back. I will, I will love you like God loved the church, and it'd be so good. Anything else will be a knockoff. But God says, what was I here, two weeks ago, Pastor? Yes, sir. He gave me this title two weeks ago, not after today. Not after today. You're not walking out of here with that same man she came in here. Anybody interested? Anybody running lay it down for real, for real? This time for real, for real. Not oh yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. He said, don't give me lip service. He wants you to lay it down for real. Why? Because it's hindering you. See, it's not hindering anybody else, because nobody else knows what's going on in you. But it's hindering you. Did you know part of that process was that I had to call my mama and tell my mama what I had done? Now, if y'all don't know, my mama is like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, my wife, my mama, and then everybody. So my mama's high on that threshold. The first conversation I had after I went through this process was with my mom. And when I talk, and I told my mother this what two years, two Christmases ago, about she never knew all that time. That's why I'm telling you about parents. You've got to have conversations with your kids, and you don't do all the talking. Mm -hmm. And I told my mother about that 12-year-old boy, and that, what that 12-year-old boy, decision that 12-year-old boy did. You know what I found out? My mama said she did the exact same thing. That was the most, I can be transparent. Like what I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all have seen me like eight years ago, y'all have never got none of this right here. So I know I'm free. And God wants you to be free this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, 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 I was here two weeks ago, and I know y'all talk. I was like, oh, they talk. I just not said what that. Like, the bishop, when he was going, and y'all was like, amen. Hallelujah. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. What's up? I mean, they are not respecting some persons. He says, no. They're, he's just saying stuff, and they're like, oh, praise God. It's not like one is better than the other. The only difference is he says, see, I'm a supplement to whatever they do. See, I don't, when I come, I come to add to whatever they do. I'm like, I mean, he's like, they like uh, uh, Joshua, like Moses had Joshua. And what Joshua did, he just kept Moses' hands lifted up. And see, that's my role. Just keep their hands lifted up. Not to try to outrun Jack. I come in that door, I'm an usher. Then you tell me to get on the praise team, I'm on the praise team. You tell me to go back to children's church, I'm back there with the kids. It don't make no never mind. Because we're one body. So if he succeeds, we all succeed. Okay? All right, I know, Joanne, I know. All right. So let's make, I'm going to make this declaration that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Mm. 
and to, ooh, that's good, Lord, and to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Say today, say today, today. today. is my get free day. Is my day. I'm coming out. And I'm never going back in. Never. Never, never, never. He says to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, God asked the question. It's interesting y'all was talking about purity. Because God asked the question to his disciples and the people who was around. He says, what would it profit you? In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he said, what would it profit you to gain everything in this world and to lose your soul in the process? And he says, and what would you give in exchange for your soul? So when you're facing those decisions on because the whole thing is, Jesus has said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to take up your cross to follow me, you're going to have to make some heart decisions, not head decisions, heart decisions. God, I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to follow you no matter what. If your word says this, this is what I'm going to do. If your word says to stop doing that, that's what I'm going to do. If you say this, say this, I'm going to say it. See, too many times when we go to God in prayer, we go to God in prayer and we're praying the problem. Did you notice Jesus never prayed the problem? He only spoke the solution. So if the doctor comes and says, you know what, sister, you're going to, you know, the report says that you have Diabetes. Thank you, doctor. Now you have given me the name. So I know when I go into prayer, Father, your word says that you, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, that you've given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We speak to this diabetes right now. Diabetes, you bow your name to the name of Jesus. You have no place in my body. Isaiah 53 and 5 says that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed, therefore I declare I'm healed. Body, come in line with that word. How can you do that? Because Jesus gave you authority. In, Ma in Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 19, he says all authority has been given unto me. He gave you that same authority. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 talks about go and preach the gospel. And when you go, these signs shall follow you. You should speak with new tongues. You should lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Who's the sick? If you've got symptoms in your body, don't wait for me to lay hands on you. Just lay your hands on yourself right now. Do it by faith. I'm, I'm training you. Do it by faith. Say, Father, Father your, word says, your word says, we should lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Body, be healed. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Sickness and disease, get your hands off my body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you believe what you said, your body will come in line with what it is you said. Now, don't walk out here and say, oh, man, I'm old, oh, I'm old. I know he said I'm healed. Oh, I still feel that pain in my back. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it must not have took. No, some healings are instant. Some are progressive. 
So how do you how do you make sure that you keep, keep yours? Nope. By Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Nope. By Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Nope. I, I don't care what my body says. I don't care what it's doing. By Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Does that mean I'm saying you don't go to the doctor? No. What I'm saying is, you stay on that word. How long do you stay until you see what it is that you believe in? Money. When you begin to pastor prophesying, that's the word of the year. That's the word of this month. Restoration. The adversary is going to try to fight back from you get what it is God says. What do you have to say? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. All the, everybody, a thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. But I declare and decree financial blessings hits my house this month in Jesus' name. In fact, you call it every day. Every day you get up in the morning. Today is my day for total household prosperity. Today is my day for supernatural wealth transfer into my hands, into my account, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, when he says that he's going, to, he's going to, he's going to roll away the shame. God never puts you on a shame show. Did y'all hear that? God never puts you on a shame show. The adversary will try to put you on a shame show. You know what you did. You know who you was with. You know what you was looking at. Man, it's under the blood. In fact, he used my favorite auntie to try to condemn me one time. She's like, uh, you saved now, huh? You got all that Jesus stuff now, huh? I'm like, yep. She said, I remember when. I said, that's B.C. She said, what's B.C.? I said, that's for full Christ. And she was like, oh, no, 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 yeah, no. So she waited a little while. Then she said, I remember when you were older. There she is right there. I remember when y'all was such and such. I said, that's, that's under the blood. She said, under what blood? I said, under the blood of Jesus. I'm washed and made clean. And she looked at me like, I, I just can't talk to you right now. I can't talk to you right now. But my, that same auntie, when she saw the consistency, that same auntie, hey, Pastor, pray. See, it's the real deal when your family can see you. Mm -hmm. See, everybody else, because they, they, your family, I knew you. I knew, I remember all the little stuff you used to do. In fact, I went to go see my brothers a couple months ago. And they was like, my brother said, I remember when you used to do such and such. I said, I have no recollection about what you're talking about. <laughs> he said, now you remember when such and such. I said, I have no idea who you talking about. He's like, you remember? I said, no, because the guy who did all that stuff is dead. Amen. He would never be resurrected. In fact, I went to his funeral. It was beautiful. You should have seen all the flowers. He looked at me like, what is he talking about? I said, that old nature. How I used to be. I'm not that guy anymore. So when you start trying to talk to me about that old guy, I have no recollection. I'm trying to be deep. It's been washed as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And God says he'll, he'll do the same thing with you. Amen. If you let him touch you. Are y'all ready to let him touch you this morning? Just, just let him touch you. Just let him touch you. I know. I had, a, I had, I had nuclear weapons, laser sharp. Uh, walk Rockweilers on chains all around my hurt until he made a decision. He said it's time. See, some of y'all, God, is, he, yes, sir, he says, for you to truly step into restoration he has for you, you have to let him touch it because he can't allow you to take that old into the new. He said, most of y'all, 
He said, it's like this, this is the line. And, and, and y'all have one, one foot in what you want God wants you to do, and you have the other foot in what it is he wants to bring you out. He says, and depending on the day, you're wavering back and forth. He says that makes you double-minded. He says in the book of James, chapter 1, he says, a double-minded man or woman can expect to receive nothing. Why? Because they won't make a decision which way they want to go. When I came to Canada, I had the best opportunity. I mean, they was promoting me to this fabulous job. Oh, man, the money was great. The car, oh, did I say the money was great? Yeah. <laughs> it spoke to me. I, I was like, Lord, do you know how many great things I can do for you in ministry if I just stay like right here? He says, but you'll never get to where I want you to be. I'm like, but, but, but Lord, but Lord, did you hear what they offered me? Did you hear? This is like the... the the Holy Grail, Lord. I'm a, you should, devil, get behind me in the name of Jesus. I got spiritual. This has got to be the devil because surely God wants me. God is a God of promotion. Because when I came to Canada, I found out real quick I couldn't work right away. I found it out going in the store by my washing shoes. I went in there and I had, I still had my American dollars. And I went in there. And I looked at my American account, and, I, and then I got a revelation. <laughs> this is the last paycheck you're going to get, bro. <laughs> Does she really need them shoes? <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. Because she got a match. I can't, I can't take it if she, if she don't match. It just, it just eats at me. So I bought the shoes and everything. And then that's when he says, you have made your job your source, not me. I had to repent. She still got the shoes, but I had to repent. And I says, no, God, you are my source. Brother, it don't matter whose name is on the front door. When you say God is your source, he will always make a way to get it to you if you, stay, if you trusted him. And guess what? Even when I, one time I was on unemployment, I had never been on unemployment, but I was on unemployment one time. I, I tied off my unemployment check. You tired of your unemployment? I, I mean, heck, I didn't have enough any to go anywhere else. So you're like, you know what, Lord, your system always works. Mm. So I tied it. And then what happened was one Sunday morning, I was in a service kind of like this. And then all of a sudden, he, the Lord, the pastor said, there's somebody going for a job interview today, tomorrow. He says, and, and God says, he wants me to pray for you for favor. And I'm sitting there with my holy deep self because I pray for people. People don't pray for me. I pray for people's. So I'm standing there on my post, and he and the Lord's like, I'm talking to you, and I'm like, I know, Lord, but these people know that I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm a faith man, I'm a, I'm a man of God, Lord. <laughs> and he said, I'm talking to you, cause he wouldn't quit. So I finally went up there and said, Okay, all right, fine, bam, that's me. And then he said, I knew it was you, and he laid his hands on me, right? Bam, I went down under the spirit, right? Then I'm on the floor with my nice suit on and everything. I'm like, man. It's, and then he says, we're going to have a heap offering. A heap offering is where you just come and whatever you want to do, you just keep it. By the time he collected all that money, I had everything that I needed and then some. I didn't know it at the time. I got up, 
dust myself off, wiped a little crying off my eyes. I went home because I had the envelope. And I opened up the envelope and realized I had double what I needed. This is what he said. I said I will supply all of your needs. See, what we get caught up is we always look at how. I don't care how. He could have brought a three-legged dog one. Bow, wow, wow. To my house. So guess how to open up the door, took the black, pat the dog, gave him a bone, and sent him on his way. So when I got the resources, he said, I didn't say how I was going to do it. I just said I was going to do it. See, what, what I'm anointed to do, the anointing on me is to come in and to put the finger on it. And see, everybody's been, see, y'all thought I lost place. I had not. God has just set you up. He says, if I did it for him, I'll do it for you. If I did it for him, I'll do it for you. If I did it for him, I'll do it for you. Because God's not a respecter person. And guess what happened? After I let him put his finger on it, and I broke out. Then he says, Miss Julie, I wouldn't have been ready to receive Julie. Because Julie is like love, like on steroids. And she tells me what she's showing me right now is like a, 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 a reduced version. I'm like, Jesus, if this is a reduced version, don't turn it all the way up. I'd be like, oh, Lord, get your girl. Because I'd be like, man, get your girl. Because we was walking on the way over here today, driving. And she, she seen this couple walking, walking their dog, holding hands. She said, that's what we need to do sometimes. I said, what, walk the dog? We do that all the time. What you talking about? She said, no, walk the dog, hold her hands. I said, Jesus, be my strength. <laughs> I am not there quite yet. But why am I saying all this? Why am I, why is God having me say all this? Because I didn't get to any of this. Stuff. I, I got to do that. I sent you the notes. Because God says, not after today. You set it up about purity. The series y'all doing on purity. See, this is what I'm going to tell y'all. Why y'all should never take what y'all get here for granted. Every church don't get this. I can hook you up. I mean, you know, I can, when I put my back is on, I, I can hook you up. I go, oh, are you ready? Hi, yeah, yeah. And I can say a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all be like, praise the Lord. And then y'all walk out here like, what are you talking about? We didn't have no idea. But it was good, girl. It was good. But God said, not after the day. He says, I'm going to share this and then I'm, I'm done. This is what I had the first time I ministered in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter to the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And he says, on that day, many will come and they will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? And Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful things in your name? And he, Jesus says, and I will proclaim unto them openly, I never knew you. Now, this is my very first sermon ever from the pulpit. Not this one, but, but before. I had this open drink. His vision. Someone's going up into heaven. Somebody just died. They're going up into heaven. They get there. They see heaven on one side. They see hell on the other side. When he sees them, when they see them, they say, hey, I've been going out to church all my life. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. They said, surely I'm going to heaven. So pastors, they turn and they walk in towards heaven. And as they're getting closer to heaven, they can see the gates. And my brother, before they reach their hand out to reach for heaven, a hook 
grabs him around the waist and drags him all the way back to hell. He says, you played church, but you never became part of the church. He says, when I was on my way, he says, don't leave them the same way they came this morning. He says, not after today. Whatever you did before today, today's a brand new start. Today's a brand new beginning. Anything that God wants to put his hand on, he says, let me lay my hands on it right now. Let me set you free from it. Let me deliver you from it. Anything that's kept you from being all that you're supposed to be, walking to all that he's called you to be, doing everything he's called you to be, he said, let today be today. He says, for after today, you will never again have an excuse to say, Lord, why am I stuck? In this rut. He says, because I sent the man of God over there to deliver you. But he won't go against your will. He won't go against your will. That vision scared the H-E double hockey stick out of me. Do you know how big that altar call was when I gave that, that message? And everywhere I went for weeks, that was the opening thing the pastors would want me to say. Skip, tell us that. Tell the story. We had all the call at the beginning of the service. Because you don't want to ride a church pew to hell. Playing church. Because all that gray is gone. You are either all the way in or you're all the way out. But there is no gray. So if you want to receive your healing right now, say, Father, right now. In the name of Jesus. First and foremost, I repent of sin, iniquity, and transgression. I receive your awful forgiveness. Father, I release you to put your hand on it. You know that thing I kept protected from you. I open my heart and release you to do a work in me. Now, I receive healing. No condemnation. No guilt. No fear. I'm brand new right now. In Jesus' name, amen.